0: September 17th And as we look into the New Testament for today's reading we'll be a narrating from the book of Galatians chapter 3 verses 10 through 22 There will be an explanation that we'll read about the Judaizers wanted the Galatians to go back to Moses but that was not far enough. We must go back to Abraham where the promise started. you see the law did not annul the promise. The law was given to reveal sin and prepare the way for Christ to come and fulfill the promise. The law is a tutor, not a savior, a mirror, not a cleanser. And there will be exhortation. Beware a false gospel robs you of salvation and of membership in the family of God, where all believers are one in Christ. It robs you of your spiritual riches. As an heir to the promise. Are you rejoicing in the freedom you have in Christ? And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. September 17th, Galatians chapter 3, verses 10 through 22. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse, for the Scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all these commands that are written in God's book of the law. Consequently, it is clear that no one can ever be right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, It is through faith that a righteous person has life. How different from this way of faith is the way of law, which says, If you wish to find life by obeying the law, you must obey all of its commands but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through the work of Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, and we Christians receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or amend an irrevocable agreement, so it is in this case. God gave the promise to Abraham and his child. And notice that it doesn't say the promise was to his children, as if it meant many descendants. But the promise was to his child, and that, of course, means Christ this is what I am trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be cancelled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking His promise. For if the inheritance could be received only by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. But God gave it to Abraham as a promise. Well then, why was the law given? It was given to show people how guilty they are. But this system of law was to last only until the coming of the child to whom God's promise was made. And there is this further difference. God gave His laws to angels to give to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is needed if two people enter into an agreement. But God acted on His own when He made His promise to Abraham. Well then, is there a conflict between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could have given us new life, we could have been made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures have declared that we are all prisoners of sin, so the only way to receive God's promise is to believe in Jesus Christ.
1: The tongue is encased behind a wall of ivory, And then a set of lips. And the reason for that, of course, is because of the potential harm that the tongue can do. I wrote down a few things about the tongue. One of the smallest members of the body, yet one of the most powerful. The only member of the body capable of doing good or bad outside of the body. Think about it for a moment. Your words can be far, far, far removed from where you are. And they can be doing good or bad. Words can heal or words can break. God uses the power of the tongue to communicate the saving gospel of Christ. Satan uses the power of the tongue to deceive and blind. The tongue can be used to call for help for a victim, the tongue can send the helper in the wrong direction. The tongue can be used for good or evil, the power of life and death is in the tongue. It is one powerful little member. You can yield your tongue as an instrument of righteousness, or you can yield it as an instrument of wickedness or evil. From that one individual can come forth sweet and bitter. Ought not so to be. But the reason for that is because we have a dual nature. You have the old man and the new man. The old man is wicked to this very day. Nothing changed about him. You'll never sanctify him. Nowhere in the word of God does it ever say to sanctify the old man. The old man is still the old man. He's wicked and vile and corrupt and cursed of God. And will go back to the ground from whence he came. But the new man is created anew in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says you're to put on that new man and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This helps in what comes forth from your mouth. For the Bible says from the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So what is coming forth from your mouth? What are you saying? When we were kids, we said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never harm me. That's a lie. Words can do you a lot of harm. The fact of the matter is you can break a bone and it'll heal, but you can break a spirit with a word and it may never heal. You can do harm with a word, with your tongue, and with your mouth, that people will carry all the days of their life all the way to their grave and never forget it. You can break families apart and you can put them together. You can hurt children. You can bring, you can bring condemnation and woe down upon a child uh, by saying uh, hateful, hard things to it. Or you can comfort that child and try to give it a light in this old dark world that we live in. Your tongue can be used for good or for evil. The tongue, therefore, of an individual born again, grace of God, one who's living for the Lord. He knows exactly what words to use, how to use them, when to use them. Because a word fitly spoken at the right time is worth an awful lot, folks. Proverbs chapter number 15 and verse number 2. Your Bible says this tonight. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. We live in an age which made it a lot easier for the fool to manifest himself. I've never seen the light. Your fool may be a Ph.D. Your fool may be sitting in a chair at the University of Tennessee. He may be, have published papers, read all over the world, and still be a fool. What is a fool? A fool is an individual that refuses to think the way God thinks. He refuses to accept God's revelation of who he is and the eternity where he's headed. And he relies upon his own intelligence and his own ability and his own accomplishments. That's a fool. In the book of Philippians chapter number 2 and verse number 11, we read these words. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day you will see Satan confess that Christ is Lord. You'll see it. You'll be a witness to it firsthand. And he will confess that he's Lord to the glory of God the Father. And he won't like it a bit, but he will confess it because it's the truth. Uh, In the book of Romans chapter number 14 and verse number 11... The scripture says this, Romans fourteen eleven. for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, this is a, this is, this is a oath upon his own essence. God says, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. I do not want to stand before that almighty being guilty in my sin. I do not want to be there.
0: Psalm 61, verses 1 through 8. No matter how far away you go, God hears your prayers, for His ears are open to the cries of His children. David was far from the house of God, yet the Lord heard his prayer and answered. He'll do the same for you. No matter how far down you sink, God can lift you up. When life overwhelms you, Take time to pray. Let God lift you up and put you on the rock that will never sink. You know, prayer brings you into the Holy of Holies, under the shadow of His wings, where God's glory dwells. God preserves and protects His own until that hour when He calls them to Himself. And do you find delight in your prayer? Or is prayer only an emergency exercise, you know, to get you out of trouble? Well, David ended the psalm with an expression of praise and an affirmation of obedience. Prayer changes things, but prayer also changes people, starting with the very one who does the praying. Psalm 61 verses 1 through 8 For the Choir Director, Psalm of David, to be accompanied by stringed instruments, O God, listen to my cry, hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth I will cry to you for help, for my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety, for you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. For you have heard my vows, O God. You have given me an inheritance reserved for those who fear your name add many years to the life of the King. May his years span the generations. May he reign under God's protection forever. Appoint your unfailing love and faithfulness to watch over him. Then I will always sing praises to your name, as I fulfill my vows day after day. Proverbs 23, verses 17 and 18. Don't envy sinners. But always continue to fear the Lord, for surely you have a future ahead of you. Your hope will not be disappointed.